everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim Bavidus, Stax, joined by Chris Carl. Hello. Well, um, uh, Roth Cornette will not be joining us today because she is preoccupied with her actual TV duty. She's interviewing people, writing stuff up, but she thanks you for all the many kind words that, uh, that were expressed about her last uh, podcast appearance, and she will be joining us again, hopefully maybe even next week. Yeah, if, I mean, we're we're going to have Roth on from time to time, and uh, and it'll be like, remember the old Batman TV show where you didn't know when Batgirl was going to show up, but then in the opening <laughs> credits, she would like be on her motorcycle, and that's how you knew when that episode was going <laughs> to have right. Batgirl in it? You know, speaking of Batgirl, I've, everyone who listens to this podcast, I'm sure, knows I'm a huge Batman fan. Well, I have a three-year-old niece. And I have made it my mission in life to make her a Batman fan. And sure enough, she has become a Batgirl fan. Mm. And I got her a little Batgirl dress and everything. So she's going around now with her hands and her hips, like standing arms akimbo, going, I'm Batgirl. That's awesome. Or, or saying things like, I don't have time to lose. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> so it's working. Scott um, has 100% made his, his uh, son into, like... Uh, a way bigger fan of things than I even am. Like <laughs> he's like a, a huge Marvel lover. He loves Star Wars beyond everything. It's like it's it's almost scary. Yeah. He could he could um I, once Morrow was wearing this T-shirt that has silhouettes of the entire Justice League on it, and Nicholas went up to his shirt and read off every person in silhouette <laughs> from the Justice League. And I was like, you're raising your son the right way. <laughs> that's right. Now, that's good parenting. <laughs> um, let's see. We got a lot to talk about. Um, let's just do a quick rundown of the, of the box office. We Again, we weren't on last week. We were all kind of scattered to the wind, like at the end of Avengers. Where they all kind of <laughs> split up. Um, but Hansel and Gretel debuted... Number one with 19.7 million. Mama uh, was 13.1 in second place. Uh, Let's drop down to debuting in the fifth spot was Parker with 7 million. And then in uh, seventh place, Movie 43 with 4.8. Yeah. Now, Hansel and Gretel, that's considered a pretty weak debut. It still can say it's the number one movie in America. I don't know, though. Like, for Hansel and Gretel, that actually outperformed what I would think it would have done because that movie looked god-awful. Yeah, and then Parker, I mean, they really should just call Jason Statham the $6 million man because all his <laughs> movies open to about that much. Yeah, wow. You know? Well, you know, here's the and thing. And then he ripped my throat out. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing with Statham, though. Like... He's consistent. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. consistent. You know exactly what you're going to get, both as an investor and as a fan. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, why are people trying to open movies with him? You know, like, that's Well, the I thing. mean, him and Jennifer Lopez in there, who has not been any sort of but yeah, movie presence for some time. Maybe now. 10 years ago, you could have opened yeah. a movie with Jennifer Lopez. But now, I feel like um, Statham is not... Well, first of all, that movie, Parker, looked really generic, you know, from the ads and the trailers and so forth. So, like, I, I think people are really, really used to seeing Statham in these movies. And I'm even at the point where I'm like, I love the guy. I love his sort of mindless action movies. But 
they don't offer anything new ever. And he's yeah. never – I feel like he's never going to give you something that he hasn't he has already no given you. Right. It's not like he's going to suddenly play the wacky guy. But know? it's like it's fine. And I think in an ensemble cast, like in the Italian job and stuff like that, Expendables it's awesome that. to have him in there. Expendables, he's good in as well. You know, I yeah. thought I even liked the play between him and Sylvester Stallone. But yeah. Uh, movie 43, the fact that even enough people showed up for it to make $4.8 million when it was absolutely dumped in every star. You know, the thing was shot over the course of something like four years, and every star who granted some sort of favor to do, you know, to, to uh, appear in this movie um, distanced themselves from it. But still enough people showed up that it made at least almost $5 million. I think... It it was almost such a like I haven't seen the movie and I probably never will but um it was such a weird experiment and um and and I I, I think is very forgettable I think everybody it, I I think it's so forgettable people aren't really even gonna be talking about it in terms of failure much yeah. in the future but so weird that movie like who knows maybe it'll be a cult film like twenty years from now maybe I it just to me it seemed like uh. I actually thought the first trailer for it was mildly funny. There were elements yeah. of it where I was like, "Oh, that could be funny, yeah. maybe," but um, just all, by all accounts, and there were just not many people who had anything at all positive Our to say. Our poor freelancer Greg Katzman really took a bullet <laughs> for us on that one and went and reviewed it. Um, now the Last Stand that opened the week before. But we have to talk about it because it really is a dismal, you know, box office performance. It opened up, I believe, in ninth or tenth place, uh, and so far, and then it, now it's already dropped out of the top ten. It is now, as of last weekend, was number sixteen yeah. with two point five million, and it's made. It's a forty-five million dollar. That's just a production budget. Uh, film that's only made under 11 million so far. I do think that movie's going to make some money back on VOD and blu-ray and all that crap but um it, i mean is arnold is stick a fork in less, him or? no 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 i don't think so i think that one suffers from the same thing that parker did in that it's really generic but we had higher expectations because arnold is a name and yeah. you know people were curious about his return but i actually think um lionsgate made his return in expendables the thing yeah. and then they were kind of out of bullets for Last Stand because yeah. they, you know, oh, he's back for this movie. You were going to say shot their wad, weren't you? No, it wasn't actually. <laughs> Speaking well, I mean, of I which. I just feel like <laughs> Ron, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Although that's sad. Like, he's in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, what do you, uh, just on a side note, I don't want to get carried away, but um, does that mean his porn career is over? If you have an aneurysm near your heart, wouldn't any physical exertion be a bad idea i think his porn career has been over for a while so i i mean he's tell he's, that to a lot of men's daughters he's he's <laughs> definitely been he's definitely been like keeping himself busy doing other things um and and he's been trying to sort of mainstream act but um i, I just don't think that you know like outside of novelty it's not like he has this well, let me tell you, that catheter nurse got more than she thought she would that day when she showed up to work. Wow, wow, wow. All right, well, back to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, you know, the fact that he is now, this is a, a very notable bomb for him. Uh, it is his lowest grocer. It's in between, uh, it's his lowest grocer in, in decades. It's in between Conan the Destroyer and Raw Deal. So you have to go back almost 30 years for an Arnold movie that's opened that badly. 
But Conan, I mean, those are adjusted numbers too. Like if you put that into today's numbers, I think it would probably be more in the like yeah. 15 to 18 range, which would have been yeah. a, a more respectable showing for this. But do you do you think that this means then for Conan and for Terminator, he has to be paired with a hotter, younger actor? Maybe. I think the thing with Arnold though is that those are his iconic roles is you know like conan i th- I, I think you're going to have to go a route of bringing something else into that story anyway because he's this older king yeah. you know like i don't know what he a lot of iterations that had do. been in development too had conan's adult son yeah and i mean they had talked about for years everyone from triple h to the rock to vin diesel um any of those guys could probably still... Oh, Triple H is probably too old, though. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you could still probably get The Rock or Vin Diesel to, to pop up in there. I think The Rock would be... Look, The Rock is the guy you bring into your your tired franchise to, to give it some new energy. I actually think I would be interested to see the play between The Rock and Arnold on screen. I think that would be maybe interesting. Um, although I, I do think that, in, you know, a, a little bit of um, Arnold's old old school kind of charm is missing a little bit from the last two films that he's been in and i I kind of fault the script for expendables it was just too winky at what he was and really what everybody was in that movie it's like the action was great in that movie but then anytime they had these these moments whenever they they, open their mouths when they would pause and say one-liners like really winking at the office yeah for me, I just didn't think that that stuff worked as much. But I do think that Arnold's got it in him. I'm interested to see tr- the triplets idea play out. Yeah, I Could mean, be bad, but look, he's essentially we're looking at if if they can get these things going the next two years. Once you've revisited your iconic roles, well, now what? What are you going to do after that? Once you get Terminator and Conan out of the way, I mean, what's next for you? I mean, there's the tomb this year, which is him and Stallone. Which actually out of prison. looks kind of cool. I I hope that one does well. I think he's got to start looking at Clint Eastwood type roles. I think he's got to stop, you know, start thinking like, oh, you know, a baseball scout who yells at his penis while he's urinating. <laughs> that kind of role. I think <laughs> I think he's got to do the things <laughs> where it's like he's a little gruff and a little like curmudgeonly and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Like, um, or, you know, I mean, it, it, he's just moved into a different phase of life and his career, so yeah. it'll be interesting. But, but it'd be awesome to see him actually play, like, a straight-up drama role with some real director of, like, you know, he plays Klaus Barbie or some, like, Nazi war criminal, wow. you know? Like, I mean, let's just, let, what the hell, Arnold, Use the you know? accent. Yeah, just go for it. Embrace the whole thing and just, you know... No one-liners, nothing. Just give it a shot. What's the worst that's going to happen? You already had a huge turd with The Last Stand. <laughs> you've been at the very height of movies, and, and you've hit some really rocky spots. What is the worst that's going to happen? It'll be a notable effort, and yeah. then that's it. You know? I th- I mean, even you... even, even uh, Stallone tries. Yeah, you looked at, look at Copland. Copland, you know? I mean, he's done a few things. Uh, I mean, early in his career, he did a lot of that. Yeah, Stallone's Stallone. different. Stallone is, you know, it, like like this idea or not, he's an auteur of sorts. You know, he he's a bit of an artist. Yeah, he brought Rocky to the world. He he brought, you know, like he he put his stamp on Rambo and and stuff like that. Um, I think he really drove forward the action genre and really put his sort of signature on movies and movie history. Arnold 
On the other hand, for as great as he was, I think he was even more iconic than Stallone in a lot of things. He actually, I think, was better at executing other people's visions. Yeah. You know, and, and he brought his own, like, really, really interesting take on things like Terminator, which, you know, why would you make a robot from the future have an Austrian accent. <laughs> exactly. But like, we just play. bought it, right? Like, yeah. we just bought it. And, and it's because he's got a lot of presence. Um, well, speaking of uh, bringing twists to to uh, establish things, let's get into the big week of, la- uh, the big news of last week, which was, of course, J.J. Abrams confirmed, officially announced to direct Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, the caveat being that it's possible it might not make the previously announced 2015 release date. Don't but care. What do you what do you think about JJ Direct? I am super mega stoked. I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to remember all the time like what exactly you said about things because I I was always like enthusiastic about him, but I didn't know if he was like I don't know if I was like oh this is my first choice. Like in my mind, I think he's the perfect choice to direct Star Wars. I think Brad Bird would have been great too. Yeah. Um. There are a couple, there are a handful of other guys out there I think could have handled it, but. If you're looking at who is the very, very best person, you know, Joss Whedon would have been good too, but who is the very best person to do it? I think Abrams has already kind of made a Star Wars movie in the last Star Trek movie, but now he has so many toys to play with in this world. I mean, he's got lightsabers and he's got, you know, any alien race you can think of and he's got bounty hunters and, you know, huge galactic empires and stuff like that. And it's just this huge sandbox for somebody who is good at playing in a sandbox. Yeah. And he has, he has proven also with, with mission impossible that he can come into an established franchise. Again, something like here, here's, here's my concern with, with Abrams doing this. I, I, I'm sure the movie will be fun and be entertaining, but between mission impossible and star Trek and now star Wars, is he just a great regurgitator of other people's stuff? Doesn't matter. I mean, if he actually, I think if he greatly regurgitates what the original trilogy does in a lot of ways, I think that will make fans so happy. Yeah, it will make me happy. Yeah, like if we get another movie like Star Wars, another movie or like A New Hope, I should say, another movie like Empire Strikes Back, we're all gonna be freaking stoked, dude. And he's a very good mimic of of like. You know, you look at something like Super 8, and he really captured what a Spielberg movie looked and felt like. If he can do that with, say, the original Star Wars or Empire, I would imagine probably more Empire, uh, then, you know, I think it'll be a great, it's going to make for a great marathon of watching those, those films. He doesn't. He doesn't actually have the, he doesn't have that thing that I think Lucas was a stumbling block for Lucas, which is he did. He never had a connection with the actors. He was always thinking more on the technical side. And <laughs> did you read what Terrence Stamp said about that? This <laughs> yeah, week? it was pretty and amazing. Sammy we'll get to that. It was so boring. Oh uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. But like, I think, um, I think, uh, uh, Lucas is, you know, was always, he had a problem with dealing with human beings. He was way better at like kind of putting pieces in place and making things look cool. Abrams, on the other hand, is a great storyteller, and I think he relates to his characters really well. So we're going to and his get, actors love him, and his actors love him. We're going to get an actual story that people love, and without all the kiddie bullshit. Like he did Super Eight with kids and made it seem not kiddie. Yeah, so, I mean, can you imagine what he could have done with Little Anakin? He would have captured that that 
simmering anger in a in a like a bad seed kind of kid, you know. I think that's what I think that was one of the things that was really really missing from. You really only got a couple moments of that in the original trilogy, and you didn't get it in episode one at all. It was just this little like. I don't know, like little stumbly bastard, you know, run, running around the galaxy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then, you know, like, it, I mean, I think they kind of try to shoehorn it in with, um, with, with um, Anakin going after the Sand People at that one, uh, the Tuscan Yeah, which Raiders. I thought was one of the few bits that in the Younglings where you really got a sense of like, yeah, this is what Darth Vader would have been like. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's. Uh, Speaking of the uh, the prequels, actually, let me throw this, this another big thing of Star uh, Star Wars news: no more 3D uh, prequel uh, releases. Yeah, uh, for the foreseeable future, maybe they'll revisit it. But Lucasfilm basically yanking Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. I mean, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and then the 3D conversions of the original trilogy, um, and they're just going to focus on the new Star Wars movies, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, Eric Goldman had seen. Um, uh, a, a presentation, I think it was at one of the Star Wars celebrations. Yeah, last and year. they showed uh, the 3D footage from Attack of the Clones, which you said looks so much better than the 3D of Phantom Menace. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a bummer in that regard. But I think maybe this is a very. It could be a way of of making people kind of forget about the Star Wars that was divisive and remind them of. Hey, remember the Star Wars everyone liked because we got another one kind of harkening back to that. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't, this year has been so full of amazing news. Um, yeah, and 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 I, I want to pause we're only for a second. Four weeks into it, I want to. Yeah, that's true. I want to pause for a second and go back to the word younglings and how much <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all we have. That's all the time we have this week. I um, hate that word. But so there's much. there's another. Um, uh, you know, the one of the, the issues for Abrams, apparently, when they were um, courting him to do this, you know, beyond just his family and things like that, all his TV obligations, of course, another one was, well, what about Star Trek? You, you, you know, you're not exactly dancing with the gal that, you know, brung you anymore <laughs> at that right, point. Right. Um, Paramount says that they still expect Abrams to be involved in some capacity with the third Star Trek movie. We'll see. Um, we'll see. If anything, his name will be on there as a producer. Maybe he'll sign off on a script or something. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing for Star Trek? Well, I think it's a bad thing for Star Trek, but Star Trek fans actually think it's a good thing. Like, really, really hardcore, purist Star Trek fans. Here's who it isn't a good thing for. Paramount. Because he was bringing that populist crowd to Star Trek and now he's going to bring that crowd to Star Wars, of course, because that's the more populist crowd anyway. And hopefully Paramount can keep it going with the the way, the trajectory of Star Trek, but you don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it might go back like to being more fanboy. like X-Men The Last Stand kind of thing. Yeah. And too, where it all depends on who they bring in. Um, on the X-Men tip, actually, Brian Singer is a huge Star Trek fan. He even, I believe, had a cameo in one of the, the next-gen movies. You know, once he's done with X-Men Days of Future Past, which we can talk about in a minute because there's actual news on it, um, maybe he could take over the reins for at least one Star Trek movie. <laughs> we'll see, though. I, you know, I, I don't know how burned he feels by the Superman thing, um, you know, kind of coming into a franchise and, like, trying to... Yeah, well, although that was more although of a reimagining. I think, I think I think in that case, 
Yeah, you know, I see what you mean. I think in that case, though, he was making it so beholden. It, it hadn't been done before with Superman. Abrams has already taken sort of the brunt of the the daring of of reimagining these beloved characters. Yeah. Um, so Singer's job mostly is to not f it up. <laughs> right. Whereas with Superman, he was kind of trying to reinvent that wheel, but reminding everybody at the same time of what they loved about the old one, which in a weird way was just reminding them of how much his movie wasn't like that. You know what I mean? It was still lacking. You know? But I'll tell you what, I'm really excited for Man of Steel. Well, Man of Steel, I'm I'm definitely, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic for it. I've yet to see any footage that let me down. Right. I mean, that's, exactly. You know, I'm like, okay, so far so good. Let's, Let's keep it going that way. I I love every little piece of information I hear about that movie. I'm like, ooh, I like that take. I mean, Henry Cavill looks like Superman. He yeah. he fills a suit. He's got a presence to him. He he's he's able to walk around in that ridiculous costume, and you don't giggle at it. Like he, right. I think there's something. I think this is something we've talked about before, but I think it's British actors who have stage training who have done a lot of costume dramas, know how to wear the suit. They know how to walk around in those ridiculous, like, Elizabethan-era outfits right. and not look like a prick doing it. <laughs> well, you got to think, at one point in time, people dressed in this way. If you yeah. if you showed the way we dress to people from, you know, the 1500s, they'd be like, oh, what the hell are, are these people? So, you know... <laughs> the man's wearing a, a, a cat with a cupcake t-shirt. That is what Chris Carl is wearing today. That is what I'm wearing. It's an impressive t-shirt. We, you really should Instagram that for the IGN account. <laughs> I, yeah, I probably should. Um, you should do a daily Chris Carl t-shirt Instagram. I'm telling you, it would <laughs> and be hugely popular. And that would run out because... Well, it's funny. I, like, I've run out of room in my closet now. I, if, if you don't know, I'm, I'm kind of t-shirt obsessed. So I run out of room in my closet now. So in my office, all I do is drape all these t-shirts across the back <laughs> of a chair. So like I just peel one off, <laughs> go to work, you know, it's it's nice. It, I think I have something like 150 t-shirts at this point. Uh, let's circle back to Man of Steel because it ties into a, a couple of larger news items. Um, Variety says that JLA, the JLA movie, Justice League, is its future is dependent on how Man of Steel does. So what if Man of Steel doesn't do well? Yeah. That might, I don't think it would completely put the brakes on JLA, but it might not come out in 2015. I mean, already it's, it's you know, 2013, you, most points by now, people are attached. There are, there's something going on, you know? Interestingly enough, if, it is a 2015 movie. You'll get Man of Steel, and then you'll get JLA. You're not going to get another Superman movie in between there, most likely. Yeah. So it's not like some of the Marvel movies where there are two installments before they got to that thing. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that's interesting about JLA is that you're going to have to do something with Batman. Like, you're either going to have to launch him in a different way, or the debut of Batman in JLA will be sitting there, you know, yeah. as the first time you see the new Batman, which I mean, would be weird. Do you, do you think... Should they just reboot Batman and then do the JLA? I, that's what I would do, but like that's following kind of more of the Marvel model. If they are saying, "Hey, let's 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 you know get Superman out there so everybody understands this character," <clears throat> and then do JLA, like I I get why they'd want to do that. But here's the other thing: 
I feel like JLA as a movie is not going to feel like what I've seen from Man of Steel. Yeah. So having that character like go off into this like weird, slightly more cartoony world is going to seem strange, I think, yeah. unless they have the right person handling it. Unless, unless the JLA movie has the look and tone of Man of Steel. But here's the thing. Which would be awesome. I, I really feel like Man of Steel... I feel like this is where Warner Brothers consistently kind of bites themselves in the ass on their comic book movies. I really do f believe those stories that Man of Steel was only made so they could hold on to Superman rights. Mm. And they turned to the one guy that they could trust, Nolan, who brought in Goyer and, and it led to Snyder and all that, um, to do it. But now you're stuck, in a way, with that world and that tone. Meanwhile, your competitor... Is just cleaning up with these, you know, uh, multiple superhero movies and one giant team-up film. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like they've they've kind of painted themselves into a corner. What's going to be interesting, really, is to see. I mean, if they go dark with JLA, if they go dark, if they stay with the tone or more realistic or more gritty, that's going to be kind of the the antithesis of what the Avengers was. Bright, cheery. And also kind of the antithesis of JLA. <laughs> of what the, exactly, of what JLA is. JLA should be more fun than, than Nolan's Batman movies. Totally agree. But, you know, it does seem that Man of Steel is a little bit more sort of tonally similar to Dark Knight Or at least trilogy. Batman Begins. Right, or at least you know, Batman like Begins. Batman Begins, of the three Batman movies, it's the one that's probably the most like a movie rather than a film. I know a lot right. of people hate that kind of distinction. I'm one of them. But you look, I know, but I'm going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, actually, let's move on to X-Men because, um, you know, there's a, there's a franchise, Eric Goldman and I were talking about this earlier, that is now almost 14 years old. Yeah. And who would have thought that that thing would have really made it that far the first movie there was so many strikes against it yeah i well, last thought on jla being you know dark or gritty or what normal it the interesting thing about that is you could have a studio that makes jla and has made Watchmen. yeah true <laughs> how weird maybe would that even be? with the same with the same way. director yeah and it's like almost like Watchmen would have been a pre-commentary on what they're doing with JLA. That yeah. irony would not be lost on that would that anyone. would be amazing. actually. There is one more JLA news item. Rumor has it from uh, Latino Review that uh, the roster of the JLA movie would be um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and your favorite Flash. <laughs> I so no Aquaman, my no, no, Flash. no Hawkman, none of that stuff. I think because those people are harder to do, you know, harder to make work in that context. But I guess I don't understand. What do you need Flash for if you already have a guy who can go super fast? Well, I mean, you, you don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> but he's this called is, Flash. This is me talking. He's going to be funny. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think he brings a different dimension to the team, definitely. But, uh, um, yeah, I think Hawkman and stuff like that. It's the same reason that, you know... Uh, Marvel's had baby steps moving into Iron Man and then into yeah. you know Thor and then broadening and broadening. By the time we get to Guardians of the Galaxy, it's going to be way broad. What What would you think of uh, Warner's bringing in somebody like John Favreau to oversee JLA? That'd be interesting. I think that's kind of what he wanted to do. I mean, poach him. 
this yeah. point, they're Marvel's poaching some DC people. So <laughs> I mean, the biggest coup is getting Abrams for Star yeah. Wars over Star so, Trek. So like, yeah. it's not like that stuff's not happening right now in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, okay, X Men: Days of Future Past. Brian Singer revealed that Ellen Page, uh, Sean Ashmore, and Anna Paquin. Uh, we'll all be back for uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Again, Sucky. these could just be very small roles. It could be glorified cameos, but they're going to be back. Um, he also uh, spoke to um, the use of, of uh, time travel in the movie. He says that their version of the classic comic book storyline is going to be very close to it, so fans should be happy, even though they obviously have to reinvent certain parts of it because of the continuity of the film series, and he said they are going to acknowledge and adhere to all the previously established films, even the ones he didn't make. I hate that, but... <laughs> but, I mean, he I think he's trying to be respectful of, quote-unquote, canon in this regard, um, which I, I which makes you think, could you bring in, could you get Ryan Reynolds to pop up as Deadpool? I would hope not, but... I mean, the the problem is I hate. Well, I mean, first of all, I hate that your boy Gambit. I, I hate that three is in the mix, and I hate that Wolverine is in that mix. Um, I I dis I dislike the fact that they started first class by and connected those two things. Like I I didn't want Jackman to be in in there. Yeah. I didn't want you know Patrick Stewart to be in there. It own. could have been a whole new. It could have just and it's not. Yeah. yeah. There's there was really no reason to do it, and I think what it does is draw attention to the fact that. It's a little janky trying to fit the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, too, with the way X-Men, The Last Stand, resolved certain character storylines, obviously. Or didn't. Or didn't. <laughs> um, and then, let's see, what else is there on the Days of Future Past? Oh, yeah. Um, Brian Singer actually met with James Cameron to talk about, you know, he's trying to establish rules to all the time travel stuff in in X-Men, Days of Future Past, and so he met with Cameron. They talked about time travel because of Terminator. So obviously Terminator is going to be an influence on how you handle that sort of That's cool. really convoluted doomsday uh, chronology. <laughs> yeah. And then also um, talked about everything from like string theory to, you know. By the way, stuff. anytime you hear about conversations like that in Hollywood, don't you just wish you were there? Yeah. Like not and, – and not just like flying the wall one table over, but sitting amidst that conversation like, <laughs> yeah. I would love to be in that conversation. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Paul Giamatti is in talks to play Rhino. And Felicity Jones is also reportedly in talks to play an unspecifi- uh, unspecified role. Um, judging from the look of her, I, I wonder if she won't be somebody like a Betty Brandt. Yeah. You know, she's brunette. She kind of looks like Betty Brandt a little bit. What, what do you think about Giamatti as Rhino? I like it. What do you think about her as Black Cat? I mean, they could do that. I mean, um, the Oscorp kind of stuff with the, the animal-esque villains now with, like, Rhino. You got Lizard in the first one. You could do that. I just wonder if it's not going to be too full of a stew. Yeah. Because um, you also now you you have Aunt May, you have Electro played by Jamie Foxx, you have the uh, Harry Osborn, you have Gwen Stacy, you have Mary Jane. I mean, Jesus, pull it in a notch. You know what I think is would be kind of an interesting thing because it would appease fanboys and it would also set things up. Um, is Every movie like Spider-Man or whatever starts kind of in the middle of the action. So it would be kind of cool 
to just have him in a fight with Electro right off the bat, like in yeah. that movie. And he's fighting Electro, and he he basically like apprehends him, and then that's when the credits roll. And it's just like James Bond, where you shoot a title sequence yeah. before the credits. That would, that would be, be cool. amazing. I mean, we, we've talked about this before. Like, hopefully, maybe when they reboot the Batman franchise, they can do things like that, so you can get like an appearance by somebody like Penguin, without the whole movie having to revolve around him. Killer Croc, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be fun. Embrace, look, if the one, th- if there's one thing in the Marvel Studios, uh, um, one thing that they've done, they've proven, is you can get as comic booky as you want and people will show up. Yeah, um, a actually, lot. Oh, actually, wow. Yeah, big Marvel news. Marvel Phase 3. Kevin Feige has been talking about that. Phase 2 is Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Phase 3, saith Feige, will be Ant-Man, which we already knew was coming, Edgar Wright's movie. And uh, one of the other films will be Doctor Strange. Finally, yes, Doctor Strange. And we also have to think that also in Phase 3, Avengers 2 will be Avengers 2, and probably maybe even another Thor uh, or another Cap. I think it depends on how... You know, Cap did well, but Thor really was the big hit. Yeah. Or maybe even, I don't know if, uh, uh, would they reboot Iron Man at that point? Or would they just keep dropping off a, a jet full of gold to uh, Robert Downey? <laughs> well, as long as, the, as long as the jet is paying for itself, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you're fine. Like, he's... He's one of the highest paid dudes in Hollywood now, but he's also bringing in the biggest box office. So yeah. I think it's it just makes sense. But, um, you know, also in the mix, you know, one thing that they haven't talked about in a while is Black Panther. You know, there are those rumors out there. Oh, so I really want to see that movie. I would love to see a Black Panther movie. It also expands, um, it expands the Marvel Universe on Earth, which I think they haven't done a great job of. You know, it's been kind of confined to America, a lot of the activities, but we haven't seen, you know, like different nations. And, and yeah. Wakanda is like a fake nation, but it would the be nice to see that. we've come to is just Russia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and we all know that really exists. Yeah, so <laughs> it would be kind of cool to see some of that. Maybe I, I would love to awesome. eventually expand into Savage Lands. I mean, oh wow, yeah, Kazar and that all that. That would be great. But I, I think that's you know a f- field too far. I mean, p- potentially. You know, look, you, Black Panther deserves a movie. But if they're if they're not sure, at least try a live action TV series. Yeah, you could do it. I mean, they've done things in the comics where he's like. Basically, because he's royalty, he can be in the United States as like a UN ambassador. Yeah, he can be a diplomat, diplomat by day, superhero by night. I love it. I'd watch the shit out of that. And he does. And I mean, you know, he's he's very very um, complex. That character can be. I mean, certain iterations of him have been very one note and stupid and boring. But you could say that of any of the Marvel characters. At his best, he's except one of for the, Spidey, probably. one of the more complex characters. And he's a person who doesn't need to be a hero inherently because he is the leader of a nation. And yeah. He's they have like to make tough calls sometimes. This head of technology, he doesn't have to be this superhero. But he chooses to be, which I always think is a much more interesting. Yeah, thing. and I, I like that they use cultural reasons why he dons a suit. That it's it's it is like being a king. It is a, a duty, an obligation yeah. that is passed down, and you have to live up to that. It's ceremonial, yeah. You know, I so I, I I really think it's just so ripe 
for for adaptation. Um, uh, a bit on Thor: The Dark World. Um, it was revealed a little tongue-tied because I didn't have my afternoon coffee and oh, wake no. up a little bit. Um, it was revealed that uh, this time when we see Asgard, we're going to spend more time with the commoners and sort of the people of Asgard rather than just in the royal halls and all that. So we'll get a better sense of Asgard as a community, That's which good. was one of the kind of the smaller criticisms I had of the first movie, which is, does anybody really live here? It just seems like they use a shitload of floor wax and, and like for a bunch of guys to show up in the assembly hall. Um, so we have that. And then um, uh, it was also revealed by one of the producers that, quote unquote, a, a ragtag band of invaders, uh, alien invaders called the Marauders, attack Asgard, leaving it in a weakened state so that the dark elves can then strike against Asgard. Hmm. So, you know, I think that's interesting that they um, that they show people. Maybe it was the frost giants attacking the first one as emboldened people, and what maybe would Odin possibly be on his way out? Maybe they maybe the the enemies of Asgard feel emboldened now to like, come on, bruh, <laughs> let's take it to Asgard, bruh. Come at me, Thor. <laughs> you mad, Thor? <laughs> <laughs> Ye mad bro <laughs> you know? um, so that's what's going on with Thor 2 <laughs> gonna make that shirt yeah <laughs> ye, ye mad, mad bro, bro. <laughs> uh, let me rattle off a couple of other oh oh wait Iron Man 3 now this is if true and it could be this is potentially spoilerish so if you want to skip ahead about two minutes we won't spend too much time on this but okay skip ahead <laughs> oh, wasn't that amazing what we told you? Okay, Iron Man 3, so there was this toy that was put out, because now, you know, Iron Man 3 comes out May 3rd. Yep. They're starting to ramp up all the merchandising and marketing. Um, the toy was a deep spacesuit uh, action figure, of, yep. which, look, in a lot of ways, they always have these tie-in toys with special suits and characters that, like, Dark Knight Rises had them, and Batman's not in some glow-in-the-dark blue space snowsuit thing and right, that, you right. know? so i didn't really think of anything of it but then the rumors began and then the company behind the toy was concerned about that and it leads in the you know the the rumor is that tony stark ends up in space at some point in iron man 3 including perhaps an appearance by at least star lord from guardians of the galaxy the main guy um which would, of course, lead into Guardians of the Galaxy. It seems and to that me Iron Man could even show up in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I think that's less likely, but I think what is likely is that Iron Man is one of the last movies that they have an opportunity to do that. I think it's that and Thor are the two last movies that they have an opportunity to introduce their new thing to moviegoers. So it makes total sense. I think there'll be one in Captain Thor America. Too. Be- would be way too complicated to try. The only thing you could introduce in Captain America is Black Panther. I, you know, actually, Captain America did mess with the Cosmic Cube and all that stuff. So there's a possibility. There's the true, door is true, open. True. Yeah, with Red Skull and all that. But I, I think it's probably going to be in Thor because obvious 
chemistry there, and yeah. and Iron Man makes sense because of the deep space suit. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how all that pans out. Um, let me just rattle off a couple of news items here. Ava Green has been cast as Ava Lord. I kind of like that. Then Ava as Ava, <laughs> and Frank Miller's Sin City, a Dame to Kill for. Everybody in Hollywood is, is essentially in that movie now. Titular actor, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, the titular character. Oh. In that. Um, Entourage <laughs> movie got greenlit. Aren't we all happy? <sighs> yeah. Well, Doug Allen, the creator, and is gonna uh, he scripted it and he's gonna direct it as well. Hopefully, they have a role for Sasha Gray. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna read off another couple of news items and then we'll talk about this big old chunk of news real quick. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper might be up for playing Lance Armstrong in the J.J. Abrams produced movie about him. Um, Daniel Craig might get written out of Girl Who Played With Fire, the Dragon Tattoo sequel. He wants a lot more money, and they're trying to do it a little bit cheaper. And his character isn't in the sequel as much as he was in the first one. Hmm. But it's not set in stone, but that could happen. That would be weird, but we'll see. The Muppets sequel has a title. It's called The Muppets Again. (laughs) Dot, 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 again. And And then then, uh, this Sunday's Super Bowl... Uh, look for uh, the following uh, movies to have TV spots in it. Iron Man 3, um, Lone Ranger, Star Trek Into Doc- Darkness, Oz the Great and Powerful, Fast and Furious 6, Snitch, and World War Z. So we'll, we'll be bringing you those videos as soon as they're available. Uh, let's talk about a uh, little, uh, little thing called Warcraft. Warcraft. Duncan Jones, director of Moon, which we love, and Source Code, which... I thought it was okay, but I gave it kind of a meh review. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I okay. thought it was really good, actually. Um, he is uh, He's directing the Warcraft movie for Legendary, what? based on the Blizzard you know, video game franchise. He tweeted yesterday, you know, he retweeted a bunch of people's uh, things at him, but then he tweeted yesterday and said, you know, I have to kind of put my money where my mouth is, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I've always said a great... Video game movie could be done now. Let's go see if I can do it. You know? Well, you know, if people don't know this, his dad was David is David Bowie, who of course was in Legend. And um, when I interviewed, was in Labyrinth, Labyrinth. I'm sorry, Legend. Jeez, it's, uh, I just <laughs> had be, Legendary Entertainment. The the, the would it be great if his other dad was Tim Curry. <laughs> That's right, my two dads. <laughs> um, yes, I'm sorry, Labyrinth. Uh, and he told us in in interviews, and we've had him in the office. Uh, of being a little kid on the set of Labyrinth. So I think that's really cool that, you know, his early memories of of movies are on a fantasy film like Labyrinth. And I I wonder if he'll, you know, obviously there's going to be a ton of CGI in in this, but um, I do wonder if maybe he won't use some of the old school practical kind of effects, like, you know. I think so. Or get his dad to pop up as... Wouldn't that be great to have him show up as some sort of elf? That'd be amazing. I think, um, you know, uh, Snow White and the the Snow White, Snow White and the Huntsman. I thought that that movie did an interesting job of like actually building some sets and doing some stuff practically that looked really cool. Um, It's the movie wasn't that great, um, but I thought some of the some of the stuff was was cool. So maybe he'll do something a take on it like that. But yeah, I I would love to like. Get him in here and, and talk like in depth about Warcraft because I think. Um, What's the key to making that movie work? 
I, because I there's just, no set character that you it's have It's just to a good story. You know, you just have to find a good story. And it doesn't, honestly, it just has to involve, it has to involve the right sort of creatures, like races, if you will. After that, like, the story is kind of up to whoever is taking the reins. So just make sure you get somebody who understands character and doesn't go too crazy. I mean, the reason that people love the Lord of the Rings movies is not like, oh, my God, fantasy epic battles, dragons in the sky. That's like... You cared about Frodo and you, you cared ca- about yeah, Sam. You, Hell, you even cared about Gollum. You have to give it a heart. And then I think beyond beyond that, then it just needs... I mean, the set pieces have to be great, but... Do you think that Duncan Jones, he seems a pretty savvy guy and a... And like most people of his generation, which would be our generation, yep. he he grew up as a just a student of movies, anyways, just by virtue of being like a pop culture baby, you know. Yeah. Um. So, do you think he's taking notes on things like The Hobbit and seeing like sure where there was that kind of that bridge too far for some people? The thing for with The Hobbit is, I feel like um they feel like there's a lot of source material and they want to be true to it and they want to like get as much of that into the movie as possible. So with Warcraft, you're going to be creating a wholly new story. I think it's going to be a little easier to sort of rein it in because you're just going to, te- you're basically going to tell one tale and it's only one movie right now. So it probably is going to be a franchise and it's actually going to be a great franchise if he gets it right. Um, but like it's only one movie, so you you just give it your best shot with this one movie. Well, you know, again, this is legendary making it, and they also they have Pacific Rim coming up. Uh, you know, if if he can do for fantasy what Pacific, if if he can do for essentially fantasy films like uh, uh, Hobbit and things like that, what what Guillermo seems to be doing, like his own take on Godzilla meets Transformers. Mm-hmm then we really have something there. Well, I mean, Warner Brothers has to be thrilled that they're getting another franchise out of this. <laughs> oh, thank mercy. <laughs> and and then a lot of a lot of built-in fans, you know, yeah. right there. Um as this movie, I mean, I, I feel like it's really low key right now. Like the news is cool, but like I think it's going to be really really cool when it gets further along in the process well, we're starting to see. Well, here things. here's here's a rumor. And again, it's a rumor, it could be bull, but that Warner's is interested in getting Johnny Depp to star in Warcraft. Wow, that'd be just weird. But it would be, but if there's anybody I could any major star I could see doing it and not not feeling like they don't belong there, it's him. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on, he kinda he could be an elf, he could be yeah. you know, I could totally see anything. him and and there and it gives him an opportunity to have a silly voice. <laughs> so he know, loves and it. Sell action figures. But uh all right guys, well let's uh let's wrap it up here. Uh, opening up this weekend, Bullet to the Head, starring Sylvester Stallone and Jason Momoa. Warm Bodies, uh, which is based on, it's a zombie romantic comedy, a zomcom. Zomcom. A zomromcom. And then stand-up guys, Al Pacino, Alan Arkin, and Christopher Walken. I saw Warm Bodies, I gotta say, I really liked it. Awesome. It's it is not Twilight. People stop saying that. <laughs> it is nothing like Twilight. If you liked Zombieland, you're gonna like this one. Cool. Um, so I think Warm Bodies is going to open up first place. I'm going to say $20 million. And then I think Hansel and Gretel will stay in second place. I'll say $9 million. Um, and then I'm going to skip down. I'm going to say Bullet to the Head probably opening up in – I'm going to say in fifth place with uh, $5 million. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking um, – And then Stand Up Guys somewhere in the bottom of like two. Um. Warm Bodies, I think, is going to be about 15. 
Okay. Um, then I agree. Hansel and Gretel probably be about eight, I would say. And then I think I actually think um, Bullet Bullet to the Head is probably going to do about seven seven point five something like that. So you think third place for Bullet? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, you know. Bullets of the Head has a lot going against it right now with the uh, shootings and and the name. Uh, yeah. I, th- I just don't think people are really in the mood to watch a movie that has a lot of gun violence in it right now. Yeah. So. And also coming off of you know, again, even though Stallone has, as we've talked about, a better career uh, uh, over the last few years than than Arnold, who had no career for the last few years. Um, I do wonder if they're not looking at. Last stand tanking as bad as it did and being like, oh, let's brace for this. It's a factor. I think they're already braced for it because I think that everybody, you know, if you just look at it on the surface, everybody knows that name is going to be problematic for them. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that'll about do it for this weekend's uh, podcast. Check us out over on iTunes. Uh, uh, sorry we couldn't get to your reader email today, but, <laughs> you know, continue to send it to keeping it real at IGN.com. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments, and also check out uh, IGN uh, over the weekend. We're going to try and, and do some embeds of all those cool new trailers. So we'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening.